0: this Sunday, well, this past Sunday, this past Sunday, Sunday, important day in the church here. We're going to talk more about that in just a moment with Pastor Peter Ill. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu.
1: Live
2: Uncommon.
0: Joining us this morning, Pastor Peter Ill, Senior Pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Milstott, Illinois. Pastor Ill, thanks so much for joining us on the Coffee Hour today.
2: Good morning. It's my pleasure.
0: It is always good to catch up with you. And thanks for uh, being one of our go-to pastors for for all things liturgical. Uh, always good to have some time to chat with you. Boy, I hope uh, that's
2: a compliment. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs>
0: So the the baptism of our Lord, uh, many congregations observed that uh, in the, the liturgical year, the, the church year this past Sunday. I don't know where that falls. This, is, is it the same for the, the one-year lectionary as well? I'm not, not sure.
2: Uh, sometimes, but not always. Uh, uh-huh. So there's two different options in the one-year lectionary. Uh, either you can have the first Sunday after Epiphany, or you can have the baptism of our Lord. Uh, but most uh, Lutheran churches celebrate the baptism of our Lord as the first Sunday after the Epiphany, uh, in part because it sets up this really neat uh, book ending of the season of Epiphany. So, So Epiphany is all about the manifestation or the showing of Christ, our Lord. And then in the season of Epiphany, the first Sunday after Epiphany is usually this baptism of our Lord, where we hear the voice of the Father speaking, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And then the last Sunday of Epiphany is often the Transfiguration, where we celebrate uh, the manifestation of Jesus, or Jesus showing himself to his disciples in gleaming clothes, once again with the voice of the Father, this is my son, listen to him. And so you have those bookends in the Epiphany season, and here at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, we see Jesus uh, made manifest, as one of our hymns says, uh, shown to us to be our Savior, to be the very Son of God that the Father says we're supposed to listen to.
1: So where do we read about the baptism of Jesus in Scripture?
2: Oh, we get to read about it all over the place. Uh, (laughs) The baptism of Jesus is in all four Gospels. So it's in Matthew 3, uh, especially verses 13 to 17. It's in Mark 1, especially verses 9 through 11, in Luke 3, verses 21 and 22, and then the Gospel of John just is a little bit different. It doesn't talk directly about the baptism of our Lord in real time, but instead it has John's recollection. At John the Baptist's recollection of Jesus' baptism and how when he baptized Jesus, he knew that this was the Messiah, the one that he was supposed to be preparing the people for. And that's in John 1, 29
0: to 34. Hmm. So Jesus was baptized. I, I guess I could even ask, if, and this is probably a common question, See, we're baptized to... To, because we're sinful to wash away our sins. If Jesus was perfect, why was he baptized?
2: Uh, that <laughs> is a great question. And and there's a, uh, Wasn't that a
0: loaded question. Oh,
2: you know, it, it, it is kind of a loaded question because I've heard, I've heard it asked in a couple different ways with, um, you know, and when, when you have a chat through with people, sometimes people say, well, uh, Jesus isn't just like us. So why does Jesus need to be baptized? Um, and some people want to say, "Well, it's because Jesus wanted to set a, a good example that we get baptized." Um, but actually, one of the best answers I have isn't uh, is is actually in the words of one of our hymns. And so, if you give me just a second to grab my hymnal here, I would like to uh, to read one of our hymns. It's my favorite baptism of our Lord hymn: uh, "Jesus once with sinners numbered." If, uh, if you're following along in the Lutheran service book, I believe that's him 404. Jesus, once with sinners numbered, had no blemish of his own. In the waters of the Jordan, his true worth and work were shown. Heaven opened, and the Spirit there descended like a dove as the Father's voice resounded, Hear, my son, the one I love. John confessed him as a Savior. Look, the sinless Lamb of God! Yet he dared not loose the sandals of the one God's love had shod. Oh, how fair the feet of Jesus, bringing good news of peace to us. Christ, the herald of salvation, preaching mercy from the cross. This is the baptism that our Savior greatly longed to undergo. This the crimson cleansing needed so the world God's love might know. This is the mission of Messiah as he stepped from Jordan's stream. He, the chosen and anointed, son of God, sent to redeem. Jesus, once with sinners numbered, full obedience was your path. You, by death, have consecrated water in this saving bath. Dying to the sin of Adam, rising to a life of grace, we are counted with the righteous. Over us, the cross you trace. This this hymn, Uh, and poem gets to the point that here we see jesus who was baptized into death jesus being baptized sets us up to be baptized with him and this is where the reading from romans 6 is really really helpful romans 6 verses 1 through 11 but especially verses 1 through 5 talk about how if we are baptized into a death like his that is jesus's then we are baptized into a resurrection like his. Uh, there is a cross in the waters of baptism, and Jesus marks us with his cross, and there in the waters of his baptism and our baptism, we have one baptism. Baptism into Jesus, baptism in his name, baptism that puts his cross on us, and where that cross is, our sin is crucified and gone. And it's fully appropriate for us to say, in baptism, God the Father has spoken, this is my beloved Son. Here is one who is covered in Jesus. And that is true of you and of me and of those who are baptized and who believe that Jesus is indeed Lord.
1: What is the significance of uh, the the appearance of the, the Father and the Spirit with the Son in all of these texts about Jesus' baptism?
2: this is one of the main places where we get to see all three persons of the Trinity at the same time and place. And so we recognize that baptism is a Trinitarian thing. We don't just get baptized, and it's not just me and Jesus, but it's, well, honestly, me or the whole church and the triune God. The Father is working here. The Holy Spirit is working here. Jesus, the Son, is working here. And there's been times in the church when people have tried to say, well, there's one God who just like takes on different forms. So you have the Father, and then he changes and he becomes the Son, and he shows himself to us as Jesus, and then he changes again and becomes the Holy Spirit. No, 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 (laughs) no. That's goofy don't, we don't talk that way, not at all. And here at the baptism of our Lord, we see there is not the, just this one kind of, of shapeshifter or transformer, or uh, the technical word is modalist God who takes on different forms. No, no, there is one God in three persons. And here we see all three persons acting at the same time. Uh, and so we see the full life of the Trinity in as it's delivered in the waters of baptism, preparing those waters of baptism for us and for the church.
0: So you, you already, I think, started to go down this road a little bit earlier with one of my questions about misunderstandings. Are there common misunderstandings about the baptism of Jesus?
2: There are. What? There's there, There's actually quite a few. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is the part that makes me uncomfortable because I, I want to talk about what we say, not what we disagree with. Um, but, uh, One thing that I don't want to say it's a misunderstanding, especially about the baptism of our Lord, but something that the baptism of our Lord speaks against uh, is that there's just one God who takes on different forms. Uh, There's certainly no room for that in Scripture. Um, There are other times when people will say that, well, Jesus got baptized, so you should be baptized too. You should just be like Jesus and do what Jesus did. But there's more to the baptism of Jesus than simply following Jesus' example. Uh, Instead, we recognize that it is really important for us to believe these words and promises of God that he's given us, that we don't do this because we have to or we ought to. We do it because this is God's gift for us. At the end of the day, there's a question here about God's law and God's gospel. Why did Jesus get baptized? And why should you be baptized? Or why are you baptized? Are you baptized because it's Jesus' example for you? That's a law answer. You should get baptized because it's what Jesus wants you to do. But baptism isn't something that we do to fulfill God's command, Baptism is a place where we come to receive. It's a place where we receive the gospel of Jesus there in that watery word where he puts his name on us and declares, You are forgiven. The Lamb of God is for you. The cross is traced on you in those waters, and in baptism you have the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus which kind of backs into another way that people sometimes talk about the baptism of Jesus. Sometimes people will say, well, Jesus didn't have to get baptized, so Jesus' baptism is just symbolic. Even if our baptism isn't symbolic, Jesus' is. Uh, But we don't want to talk that way either, because Jesus doesn't do anything that's just a symbol. When Jesus acts, when Jesus speaks, stuff happens. Jesus' words and actions are are efficacious. They do what they say. And so when Jesus, the Son of God, goes into those baptismal waters, he leaves in those baptismal waters his righteousness and his purity. And that righteousness and purity, along with his cross, are there for us. This is no mere symbol. This is no mere... uh, just visual image or rhetorical device. This is Jesus putting something in the water. This is Jesus putting himself in the water so that when we're baptized, we're united in that one same baptism with him.
0: Hmm. We have more to talk about the baptism of our Lord with Pastor Peter Ill, Senior Pastor, Trinity Lutheran Church in Millstadt Illinois. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.
0: Greetings, saints of our Lord. This is Pastor Brady Finner. I am humbled to be the new host of Thy Strong Word every weekday from 11 to noon. We will receive the gift of God's Word and Paul's epistles for our new series. We will travel with Paul from city to city, from letter to letter, as he encourages, exhorts, proclaims, and points us to Christ and Him crucified for your forgiveness. Join us, live or on demand, because God has gifts to give for you. (laughs) Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.
0: We're discussing all things baptism of our Lord with Pastor Peter Ill, of sen- uh, Senior Pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Millstott, Illinois. Pastor Ill, you shared with us, uh, I think, some great groundwork here for understanding the baptism of our Lord. Uh, now, how does the church observe the baptism of our Lord? This was uh, just this past Sunday um, for, I think, for many of us at what the what the second Sunday in Epiphany is that right?
2: It's the first Sunday in Epiphany. Oh, first Sunday. I've yeah, lost or, count. Or, <laughs> oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough Epiphany season if we've already lost count. And the Epiphany season is is kind of a, a an interesting one uh, because the Epiphany season functions like an accordion. Um, I guess you didn't think you were gonna get that metaphor this morning, uh, but. Uh, no. So but
0: Bonus the, points because you used the word accordion. So There, there you go. go.
2: The, <laughs> the Epiphany season starts um, on Epiphany, January 6th, and it goes until the beginning of Lent or pre-Lent, depending on how your church practices. So there can be as many as eight Sundays after the Epiphany. But there have been some years where there's only been like two Sundays after the Epiphany. So you go from Epiphany to the baptism of our Lord to the Transfiguration and right on into Lent or pre-Lent if Easter falls really early that year. Um, But as we get to celebrate the baptism of our Lord, it comes with these readings from uh, either Matthew 3 or Mark 1 or Luke 3 or John 1 uh, about Jesus' baptism. Um, Oftentimes it's coupled with readings about the creation of the world, and with Romans chapter 6, it talks about baptism and how baptism is inclusion into Jesus' death and resurrection. It also comes with some great hymnody, but before we go jumping to the hymnody, I'd like to... uh, Uh, Well, or maybe perhaps when we when we finish up, we can close with the collect of the day or the prayer of the day for baptism. Maybe we'll save that if that's okay with with you, Andy and Sarah. Sure. Okay. Um, But there are some some just wonderful hymns that go with this as well. Um, There is the hymn by Martin Luther to Jordan came the Christ our Lord, um, which is a wonderful hymn. And has a, a full confession of why Jesus went to baptism and what that means for us. Um, we also have Jesus once with sinners numbered. Um, that uh, That is, like I said before, my own favorite one because it ties Jesus' baptism ultimately to the cross. Because If Jesus was just another person who was baptized, just like me, um, without being the Son of God and without the cross, then what good is Jesus' baptism for me or for you? But Jesus isn't just another guy like me. Jesus is the Son of God and Jesus is the Son of God who came here to be crucified and to die. And he traces that cross on us in our baptism and our baptism is that inclusion, into Jesus' own death and Jesus' resurrection, saying that now we are dead to sin and alive in Christ. Um,
1: so, so this is a. these are all such great hymns about baptism. What are some of the other things that we learn in these hymns right at the beginning of the Epiphany season?
2: Um, another great Epiphany season hymn that I, I always try to use for the first Sunday after Epiphany is Songs of Thankfulness and Praise. Hmm. Um, and that one has the, the catchy line at the end, God in flat, or uh, sorry, God in man made manifest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it bounces right along. I always want to sing it for Thanksgiving, but it's really an epiphany <laughs> hymn. And it goes through the, um, all of the things that happen in epiphany. So it starts with uh, God being manifested or revealed by the star to those, those sages or those magi from afar. Then it goes on to talk about Jesus' baptism and the miracles that he performed, um, and then it starts to talk about how Jesus is going to come back. And so we go from Jesus' first epiphany, when uh, the Christmas star showed him to the Magi, then to the his, his revealing himself at his baptism and in his miracles um, and even on the cross, and then to his return— as being the epiphany yet to come, when we will see Jesus epiphanied or revealed to us yet again, and then it ends with talking about uh, seeing Jesus, our Lord, in His holy Word, um, so that we continue to live with Him and be joined to Him, and all of those stanzas end with that with that wonderful phrase, uh, God in man made manifest. Um, give me the shivers every time I get to say it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what did the, the saints at, uh, at Trinity get in the, the sermon this past Sunday or in the service?
2: Um, well, good morning, saints at Trinity. I know some of you guys are listening. Um, <laughs> um, and this is probably the time where I, I, I'll be honest and say that I, I actually kind of borrowed a sermon from one of my seminary professors um,
0: uh, kind Dr. of borrowed. But
2: yeah. I, I, well, I, I took his theme and then I just uh-huh. made it my own. I, I didn't get okay. lock, stock and barrel. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, but I remembered a sermon. Oh, it's probably been about 15 years or so, uh, that I heard from, uh, Reverend Dr. Eric Herman. And he was talking about, uh, the catechism and, uh, and he started with this tagline, there is something in the water. Um, <laughs> But then he very quickly led that to, there's Jesus in the water. And where Jesus comes, he comes not just with drowning, but with crucifixion. And that's what St. Paul says, is there's Jesus in the water and the Jesus in the water of baptism. The Jesus who comes to us in that watery word kills you, crucifies you, and raises you to life again. And so, as one who is baptized into Christ you in this baptism have his forgiveness and his grace. There is your, your truncated sermon uh, for the day, I think. <laughs>
1: so then uh, we've talked about how this kind of fits into the season of epiphany. sometimes it gets a little, little smushed uh, between, between the day of epiphany or the feast of epiphany. And, and when we get uh, to Lent, but how is this significant to um to the entirety of the church here, to the season or to to the life of the church? Uh,
2: I suppose you could, you could almost re-ask the question by saying, if you don't celebrate the baptism of our Lord, what do you miss? Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe a a little bit of an easier way of getting at it. Um, If we don't talk about Jesus' baptism, we lose a focus, not just on Jesus' baptism, but on our baptism and on the gift that God gives us there. And so what do we get? We get an emphasis that not just am I baptized or are you baptized, but Jesus himself was baptized. Why? Jesus was baptized to die. Jesus' baptism into death crucifies sinners like you and me so that we are made alive. New creation by the waters of regeneration and new birth and we live in Christ and with Christ, and we celebrate all of his promises, and that is the great news of the baptism of our Lord, and that is why it is such a vital part of the church here, that coming and going cycle of the life and work of Jesus for us.
0: You'd mentioned the the collect earlier. (laughs) Would you like to get to the the collect? We have just about, uh, about three and a half minutes
2: left. We have three and a half minutes. All right. Well, like all good things with prayers, let's start this way. Let us pray. Father in heaven, at the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River, you proclaimed him, your beloved son, and anointed him with the Holy Spirit. Make all who are baptized in his name faithful in their calling as your children, and inheritors with him of everlasting life. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. 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 One of the neat things that comes across in this collect that we haven't talked about yet is this idea of Jesus' baptism as anointing. Now that's, that's a word that we sometimes use in church or use in churchy places, but don't always get to the bottom of. Um, to be anointed is to be set apart for a particular work. And in the Old Testament, people who were anointed were anointed to be prophets or to be priests or to be kings. We think about Samuel anointing King David or Eli- uh, Elijah anointing Elisha um, and so on. Uh, And also Aaron, the high priest. Moses' brother was anointed for that. And the Hebrew word for anoint is mashah. And somebody who gets anointed is a mashiach or messiah. And so there's lots of, of little m messiahs in the Old Testament. David and Aaron and Elisha, but there's only one capital M Messiah, and his name is Jesus. Here, Jesus is anointed by God himself to be prophet, priest, and king, and he is the one who comes to be the one anointed not only to live, but to die and to rise again. And This baptism of our Lord ties us into that death and resurrection so that we end up being heirs along with Jesus of the same heavenly Father.
1: Just about a minute left. How do we then take all of these things that we've talked about, these wonderful hymns, uh, this, this beautiful collect, uh, and the readings, and all of this, uh, this wonderful teaching on baptism, how do we take that with us into, uh, into the rest of our weeks and into the rest of the Epiphany season?
2: We remember that the baptism of Jesus is for you. The baptism of Jesus, where God makes himself known, where you hear the voice of the Father ringing in your ears through the words of Scripture, is all about you, because it's all about Jesus. Jesus died and rose again for you, and we continue to celebrate just that, that Jesus is your Savior, your Messiah, anointed to die and to rise for you, to forgive you your sins, and to show himself to you and to all creation. And so we simply fix our eyes on Jesus and continue to live in that reality this week of the baptism of our Lord, or next week, if you celebrate it next week. And, uh, sorry, some churches do celebrate it. Um, They'll celebrate Epiphany, the Sunday after the Epiphany, and then they'll celebrate the baptism of our Lord, which makes (laughs) sense. Epiphany is good. Baptism of our Lord is good. Let's get it all in there. Um, But regardless... We always fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the one who was baptized into death and into resurrection for you so that you have his death and resurrection.
0: Pastor Peter Ill, Senior Pastor, Trinity Lutheran Church, Millstadt, Illinois. Thanks so much, Pastor Ill, for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today.
2: So glad to get to be with you. Blessings to you and to all of our listeners.
0: I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth. Well,